They say that experience is the best teacher, and the best way to learn from experience is to learn from others who have already found success. For this season of the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast, Michael has lined up a great group of successful people who will share their stories of how they got started and some powerful lessons from their accomplishments. He'll also be introducing you to people who are just starting on their entrepreneurship journey to share what they've learned so far. Success is not just about money, and we'll meet some people who have been successful in very unique ways. Entrepreneurship is an exciting journey, and we're glad to be along for the ride with you. Here's your host, the guy who knows a guy, Michael Whitehouse. Welcome to the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whitehouse, the guy who knows a guy himself, and I'm very excited about the guest we have this week, Bert Oliva. Bert Oliva is a leadership expert. He is sought after by companies all over the world for his passion, his knowledge, and his infectious spirit. He is a leadership expert that has transformed lives and helped many to find their human potential. Bert is an international orator and motivational teacher. He has authored books, developed multiple training programs, and coached executives to increase their bottom line. Bert focuses on helping companies and individuals tap into their greatness by teaching them leadership, communication, and helping to improve their overall performance. And I had the pleasure of meeting Bert in Dallas when I traveled down there for Orly Amore's Speaker Boot Camp, which is an awesome time. And I am so excited to have you on the show. So welcome, Bert. Thank you, Michael. I'm so you know what we need to do for your audience? We need to give them a celebration. Celebration? So, oh, do, I love that celebrations. Do, do that real quick. Welcome, Bert. Welcome, Bert. Here it goes. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, so it, when when we were at the boot camp, you talked about the difference what, between a, between a celebration and I can't remember what not celebration was. And a round of applause. And a round of applause. Yeah. Yes. So, so let, let's. Kick off with that, yeah. just to set that term. So what's yeah, the difference between a celebration and a round of applause? Well, I've been doing this for over 27 years. And I and one of the things that I teach besides leadership is human behavior. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what country, where you're from, what gender, what religion. It doesn't matter. We're all same. We're all people. And we act the same way. And we do certain things. But if you notice, when we're children, we celebrate the smallest things. Mm-hmm. Right? Anything. That one little, I mean, I'm going to date myself, but remember when that G.I. Joe came out and they had the G.I. Joe with the Kung Fu grip and you were like, oh, my God, this one is better. You celebrate those things. As we start getting older, it's like it's not professional to celebrate. Mm -hmm. So we're missing out on the endorphins, on feeling good about just being able to celebrate little things in life, not just the big things. And the funny thing is, Michael, sometimes people make it to where they want to go in life. And they forgot to celebrate the whole process. And once they even get to the big things, they don't celebrate. So I tell people there's a difference between a round of applause and a celebration. Yeah. So when I, we are, we, you saw it in the live setting. And when you mm-hmm. tell people, what does a round of applause sound like? And you hear a round of applause. But when you hear a celebration, when you hear a celebration, wow. Well, why aren't we doing more of that? Yes. And if you do more of that. You know, it's in the Bible. You reap what you sow. Mm-hmm. So the more you celebrate other people's successes, you will end up getting the same back. Yeah. And and, and I, I love what you said about, you know, the importance of celebrating along the way. Because, you know, so many people, they, they hit their goal and they're like, is is this it? Is this like top of the, top of the mountain? Actually, I, well, usually that's what happens. Yep. You know, yeah. you have this perceived value that mm-hmm. once I have that vehicle, that Ferrari or the Lamborghini, or once I have that perfect spouse or mm-hmm. significant other, my life will be great. And then you achieve that and you take it for granted. Yep. You don't even realize that you have these things. And then you want to go for more. I'm not telling people that don't strive for more. 
And it's great to do that, but enjoy the process. Right. Yes. Enjoy enjoy the little things and also the big things, but start celebrating life. Yeah, I, I was trying to teach my daughter. We took a road trip between Christmas and New Year's uh, from from here in Connecticut down to Florida, where my my father has a house, and 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 she was you know she was very like you know when are we going to be there? Are we there yet? Uh, and I'm like, right, this is a road trip. The whole trip yeah. is there. We're there now. Yes, we're going to have stops. We're going to have things we're doing. But like, this is there. The there is here. Here is there. Exactly. Here is here. When will then be I mean, now? <laughs> one of the things that we did for many years, when the children were growing up, mm-hmm. every summer we had a, uh, a, a RV bus, you know, with a big bus. And what we would do every summer, we would take off three months. Wow. And for those three months, we would go across the country. And mm-hmm. I would say that that was a vocation, right? So what I would do is I would lead, I would contact the people that I knew in each state mm-hmm. and say, you know what? I'm going to be passing by your state. So in the process of us passing by your state, we'll do an event if you have an event going on. So I would get paid as mm-hmm. I was vacationing, right? But what, what I'm trying to tell you is that those are the best memories we have. Yeah. Not the events, the moments that we were together doing that traveling across the country. Yep. And, and those are the little things that my children right now, they've, they've grown up. And, and the, one of the things that we always do is when can we take some time off? Because now they all own, own their businesses and everything. And they're like, mm-hmm. let's figure mm-hmm. it out so we can spend quality time because that's really what's important. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's and great. I love what you told your daughter. This mm-hmm. is, we're there. We're here yes. right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Which I, is another thing. It's another thing I mentioned to people. I said, you know what? A lot of people live in the past mm-hmm. or in the present. Yeah, they don't enjoy. I mean, in the past or in the future, they right, don't right. enjoy the present. And in Spanish and English, the word present, el presente, is a gift. Mm-hmm. If people would take a little bit more time opening up that gift, they would yep. have a better quality of life. But they're so busy in how my future is going to look like, or what happened in the past, and I wish I can go back there again. Mm-hmm. You know, and just so yeah, being present is the most important thing in the world. That's why I love what you told your daughter. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and that's one of the things I'm, I'm really, you know, when my daughter was born, I decided she is my focus. Like she's my goal. I, I've, I've done a business. I've done this. I've done that. She's the goal. So everything's got to tie back to that. So as I've, I've learned coaching and now, you know, I'm more focused on making connections, but I still, I learned transformational coaching strategies and, and all that. And all those things I learn, I then say, okay, how does this apply? Especially when people say, you know, all of your ideas are imprinted between the ages of zero and seven. And I'm like, shoot, my daughter's seven right now. Clock's running out. Okay, what am I imprinting on her right now? But thinking about how can I deploy this to teach her as she's growing up so that she doesn't have to learn it when she's 30 or 40 or 50, like so many people do, but she can learn it when she's 7 or 10 or 14 as she goes. Yeah, the best thing I tell people when they talk about that, first of all, that's been debunked. So basically it even starts earlier than that. Number one. Number two is – through your actions. Mm-hmm. That's how they learn. Not telling them and preaching to them with how what they should be doing when you're not doing it yourself. Yeah. So her seeing you build your, your businesses, yep. seeing that you're the guy that knows the guy and the gal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. You know, once they, they she starts seeing the process, even though she may not be watching you all the time, but she is on a yeah. subconscious level. When her time comes, whenever she's 20, 30, she'll be like, I remember when my dad used to do this, and I learned from his actions, yes. not just the words. Yeah, and, and that's one of my goals, so to bring her – I mean, this, what I do is kind of kind of ephemeral. You know, I, I, I have Zoom calls. I have emails. It's kind of hard for her to watch like she sees me sitting at a computer. So I try to explain 
what I'm doing. And I look forward to the time when she's of an age where maybe she could sit at a table for me at an event or she could come with me or she could um, even, you know, help me connect with people. And what I want to avoid is be like, oh, dad dragged me to these events and they were so boring. So I need to find a way to make it, you know, make it something. Let me tell you, when when we, when we started our events, I have three children Mm -hmm. and that Miles, Sabrina and Dylan. Right. And I remember when we first started the events, we used to book our own events. Right. So Miles was a security guard. (laughs) He was the guy that was a security guard, but he would network with everyone. So that today, reason his business has flourished so fast and and, and it's really a nice business, video editing business, is because he's a great networker Uh because he was used to doing that, connecting with everyone. Sabrina would be the one that would charge you. She would make sure that you would pay. If not, you wouldn't get a wristband. Yep. Dylan would stand by the door. Dylan's the youngest one. And if you didn't have, he, it's funny though, because he would dress up in the suit with sneakers, which <laughs> is cool today, but it wasn't cool back then, yeah. right? So he would go ahead and make sure you had the band on. If you didn't have the band, he'll send you back to the sister. So it was funny because you would think, wow, they're going to have a boring time, but you'd be surprised. Oh, yeah. When, when they start, yeah, they learn. They learn from what they're yeah, doing. You find and, the fun and, in it. Exactly. Yeah, if you find the fun yeah. in that. Um, and one other thing, and we haven't even gotten to the, the opening questions, uh, but you're just too interesting. Um, but one other thing I want to talk Thank about you. That, that you taught us in at uh, in, at the Dallas event um, that I've took that taken with me is the idea of the 45 seconds to change change your, your state. state. And, state, and state talk a little about what that, what that means. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go ahead, and I know that we're in audio but I'm going to put up the video because eventually you might guys, guys, you might, and gals, you might be able to see this video. If, if, if Michael has the time and the I future. might put this one out as video because <laughs> you're brutal. Uh, you're quite convincing. <laughs> so it's about conditioning. So I'm going to put up the slide really quick. It takes 45 seconds to change your state, state of mind or state of being. Mm-hmm. We do it all the time. When you play your favorite tunes, you really don't have to go through the entire three to five minute song to change your state. So a lot of time people realize, well, you know what? I, I want to change my state. I, I want to feel better. I want to be happier. Put on your favorite tunes. Go ahead and change your state. It takes 45 seconds. Now, the next step after that, it takes 21 days to change or create a habit, right? We've heard that many of times before, right? 21 days includes weekends, a lot of people want to change their life, but they only want to do it Monday through Friday. It doesn't work that <laughs> way. <laughs> you have to do it for 21 days. Now, is your life going to change in 21 days? No, not 100%, but parts of your life will start shifting, will start changing if you do cycles of 21, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you don't realize we do this on a subconscious level. I'll give you an example. Women that don't want to have a baby, they take these little blue pills, right? Or pink pills, whatever they are. The pills are only for 21 days. The rest mm-hmm. are sugar pills. Yep. When we were in corporate America, when there was a thing called corporate America, they would ha- give you three weeks training. Three weeks was 21 days. So we are conditioned in cycles of 45 seconds to change your state, 21 days to change or create a habit. The next step, it takes six months. About six months, you create what's called an addiction. Right. It happens on a subconscious level. Now, addiction could be a bad word, but it is what it is. It doesn't have to be a bad word. You can be addicted to positive things. Right. But I'll give you an example. People that start working out right in the beginning of the year, their New Year's resolution. If they stick to it for six months, next thing you know, the day that they miss a day, they don't feel good. Mm -hmm. Something is missing 
because you're becoming addicted to that one action. So I tell people, look, let's break it down. 45 seconds, 21 days, then six months later, you're definitely a whole different person. Your quality of life will shift. The final one, it takes nine years. It takes nine years to become what's called institutionalized. So I ask people in the audience all the time, so how many of you have been married for nine years? And then they raise your hand, well, you've been institutionalized. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. But let's yep. look at this, right? When you look at dictatorships around the world, anyone is, that, that lives in a dictatorship country, they've had the president for over nine years. Mm -hmm. In the United States, we only are allowing presidents to be around for eight years because people know or psychologists know that after nine years, you can become institutionalized. Mm -hmm. It becomes part of the way of living. When you look at nine years, another thing that you look at, uh, there was an a, um, interview that they did on 2020 where these nuns want to become nuns. But what happened was things have changed, right? They weren't, they weren't virgins. They had bad relationships. And the Vatican decided to go ahead and allow them to become nuns again or, or go, to become nuns even though they weren't virgins. The cameras were following them to the convents. When they got to the convents, they didn't allow the cameras in. And guess for how long they were there? For nine, nine years. years. Right. Because they know that after nine years, you're institutionalized. You're mm -hmm. reprogrammed. So when you look at something that you're doing in your life and it's not, you know, why isn't this working? Go back and realize you've been doing it for nine years without paying attention. Mm -hmm. After you do things for that long. Now, people want to change in 21 days. They want to lose the, you know, the 80 pounds they've gained in five years <laughs> or in nine years, they want to lose it in, in 21 days. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. But this recipe that I've created for people is in my latest book. It's about being able to become aware. The difference between a person that's successful and a person that's not successful is not the amount of money they have, is how aware they are to what's mm. actually happening. Like, for example, for you, Michael, one of the things that's, and let me pop back out of here. One of the things that, that I love about you is that you, you, you know, before we even started the show, we were having a conversation, even when I met you in person, how this just fell in your lap. Mm -hmm. You know, you weren't aware of what you were doing. And now you became the guy that knows the guy and, yep. and the gal. I, you know, I, I put the slash gal just in <laughs> because you do, you know everyone. Yeah. And, and it's not only that, you, when, when, once they get to meet you, it's very pleasant. You're, and, and then I'm telling you, we were having a conversation about how many tools and techniques you have that you don't even realize you have it. Mm -hmm. It's second nature. It's yep. probably the way you were brought up. It's probably the way, you know, you've lived your life. But now it's become a business. Yeah. So a lot of times what we need to do is become aware of our real talents and stop trying to be like someone else. Like, I, you know, the next Tony Robbins, the next Les Brown, the next Burt Oliva. No, you need to be the best you you can be. Mm -hmm. And there's a market for that. There's a market for what it is you're doing. There maybe wasn't a market five years ago, yep. but there's a market today. And you've realized that. So now you're monetizing on it. And we were having the conversation. It's gotten to the point that you're not even looking for the money. The money is coming to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, people finding me, and yeah, it, it's funny when you mentioned the institutionalization. As I was looking at the the date, and I realized that um, actually I met my wife almost exactly nine years ago. So I'm about to about to cross the threshold in the full institutionalization. But uh, well, I've been institutionalized for like I've been married for over thirty years. So yeah. I've gone through the process three times. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's it's a uh, interesting. But you know what's funny? Honestly, when when they go back and look at that clip, you'll notice uh, one of the things I noticed throughout the years was even my children. 
you know, when, when my daughter started dating, I, you know, before she got into a six month relationship, I was like, honey, you sure you want to be with this person? Because after six months, it becomes more difficult mm -hmm. to create a separation. Yes. So becoming yeah. aware of these things, you know, maybe you're, 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 you're working on a new career path. You're five months in. This is a good moment to stop and think, if this is something I really want to do for the next nine years. Yeah. If it's not, because you're following the money and not working on your passion. If you find what it is you love to do, eventually you'll get paid for it because there's always a market. And once you get paid for it, you're really not working anymore because mm -hmm. you love what it is you do. You wake up every morning excited. Yeah, and, like you, and, Michael, you know, you wake up every morning and you're excited. I want to meet someone new. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and here's the thing for me, and, and I love what you're saying about the, you know, you get five months in, six months in, and you're kind of stuck there, is – is I was kind of called myself an entrepreneur, but I was going from someone else's business to someone else's business. It was mostly sales or 1099 jobs or, you know, things like that. But, but that was, that was it. And what I realized when the pandemic hit and I didn't, you know, the thing I was doing stopped and I said, you know what, I'm going to go full entrepreneur. I'm going to support myself with gig work. So I don't need to, so I'm not going to go full living a cardboard box. And that way, I'm going to follow this wherever it goes. Whatever opportunity presents, I can then chase it over here, chase it over there, figure out what the right one is, and you know, fail fast, learn fast, try again, fail fast, learn fast, try again. I could iterate rapidly over that year and a half to find the right place. So, so it certainly was like, it, yes, it fell in my lap, but it fell in my lap the 27th time I tried something. So, yeah, the, the old the old overnight success. You know, somebody has an overnight success on the four thousandth night of trying. Yeah, there's no such thing. Everybody talks about it all the time. Yeah. And, and when you look at people that have succeeded, they've done it for over nine years. You have to yes. do it for 10 years or what is it, 10,000 hours? Yeah. You do the numbers to, do, yeah. to become an expert. You know, so you have to you have to pay your dues and people don't want to do that. But I love what you said, because I, I tell my children and I've told them for years, become a straight F student in life. Mm -hmm. and they're like, what do you mean, dad? Yeah. Fail fast forward. Yep. Eventually, you're going to figure it out. People don't want to fail in today's world. Yeah. They want to just think that, you know, I'll go ahead and take a course. I'll go ahead and, and, and sign up with Michael's program, and then I'll have all the contacts I need. It doesn't work that way. You have to figure it yeah. out. If it was easy, everyone would be doing it. And that's what people don't understand. Yeah. They, want, they want, you know, especially the, the, the younger millennials, they're like, you know, immediate gratification. This is the way we've been conditioning them. You know, when we were growing up, you know, I'm, I'm a Generation X. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, you didn't get a first, uh, um, an award. It was first, second, and third prize. Yep. That's it. Not, oh, A for effort. Let me give you a trophy. It doesn't work that way. You have to earn it, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, and I've, I'm, a, I'm an Xennial, so I'm on a, that cusp between. And there are definitely sometimes when I've, I've won things and they're like, did I really earn this? Like, does this mean something? Or, like, how am I really? And it was interesting kind of a transition as I went through a bit of the imposter syndrome and people would say nice things about me. And I'd be like, do they say this to everyone or they really mean this? <laughs> and then I realized like they're introducing me to someone of note that like they wouldn't introduce just anyone to. I'm like, oh, oh, that's because that's me. That's not actually just any. Oh, I did a thing. Oh, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Oh, I was kind of doing it, you know, o over time to do that. Um, so. So you've shared a lot of great advice, a lot of great ideas. Let's share who you are. Because I'm going to be like, I like this Bert Oliva guy. Who the heck is he? For those people who haven't heard of you. Um, so 
tell us about yourself. And normally I'd say what makes you awesome, but I think that's pretty apparent already. But tell us a bit about yourself and how you became. Well, what makes me awesome is this beard. That, that is true. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah, definitely make sure you send me a headshot with the beard that we're going to put on the photo image so everyone can see it. Uh, yeah, so, so besides um, the beard, who are you? What yeah. do you do? Tell us about who Bert is. Yeah, my name is Bert Oliva. I've been doing seminars for over 27 years all over the world. When I first started my career, there was only the Anglo-white market and the Black American market. There was no space for a Latino speaker. And I said, that's perfect. That's my space. So over 27 years later, you know, I've been speaking all over the world. I have uh, three companies. One of the companies that I have is obviously my keynotes and, and my motivation and, and webinars and all that stuff and all our programs, which is Bert Oliva Wealth Academy. We also have BOA Studios where we do video productions for entertainer, speakers and so forth, like a demo reel or a product video. You know, my, my sons are actually now running that company, believe it or not. Nice. And then the third one is a nonprofit organization called Motivational Missions where we go around the world speaking to youth oh, wow. and, and okay. teaching them the, 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 that the, whatever life they were dealt with, they're not stuck with. Mm-hmm. Anything is possible. So we started that company um, because I've always wanted to help children. I love children. And I remember my wife says, you know, when you get to a certain level of success, it's our, our, our obligation to give back. But it wasn't to just give back to any nonprofit. So we opened up our nonprofit for the, five, five, the first five years. We founded the entire nonprofit, all the tours, all the video production, all the events, feeding the children when we go to these countries. And eventually we started getting donors, you know, people started donating and we had uh, people sponsored us and so forth. So we've done just in Belize alone. We've spoken to over 50,000 children. Wow. Uh, We've done Trinidad. We've done Bermuda. We've done Jamaica. We've done Haiti. We've been all over the world. And um, and now, you know, right now we're kind of stuck. Right. (laughs) There's a lot of places we can't go to, but um, we're doing a lot of stuff online. Okay. And so, that's basically it. So I tell people, my name is Bert Oliva, Cuban-born, American-made. And I came <laughs> to this country when I was 11 months old with my mother. I never had a father, no grandparents, no brothers or sisters. My mom was my world. And she always told me that anything you want to do was possible. And I believed it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I tell people, anything you want to really do in your life is possible. The only person that's holding you back is really yourself. Yeah, it's easy yeah. to blame someone else why it is you're not succeeding, but it's really acceptance or responsibility. Once you figure that out, everything is possible. And uh, basically, that's pretty much like a short explanation of who is Bert Oliva. <laughs> I love it. Um, so you, you're talking a bit before we before we hit record about how you, you sort of oscillate. You know, you you found your mission, you found your money. It took you a while to find them both at the same time. Um, and I think there's probably a lot of people out there. And I think actually probably a lot of people hold themselves back too about they're like, well, I don't want to do unethical things to make money because maybe they think that's the only way to get rich. Um, and so, you know, talk a little bit about how you, how you synthesized, you know, doing good mission and also making a few bucks. Yeah. I mean, realistically, when, when I started my career, I learned a couple of tips and tools and, and I learned from some of the greatest, you know, mentors out there, which eventually became my friends and some of them have passed. But I remember learning all these techniques and I wanted to share with other people. I'm like, man, you know, it changed my life. It can show you how to change your life. So I was so excited about changing the world and making it a better place that I forgot that one part of charging, 
right? You know, <laughs> it's like it's not in direct proportion. Being a motivational speaker is not in direct proportion of getting paid. That, that story sounds familiar not, to me somehow. Like it's not true. <laughs> yeah, you have to get paid. And then and then that's one of the things. It, it took me a while to figure it out. And then once I started getting paid, I was mentored by some of the top speakers that sell from platforms. So I learned how to sell $50,000, $80,000, $100,000 for a 45-minute talk. I started you know, from a platform. I learned also I started getting booked all over the world. Because I do it in two languages, English and Spanish. Mm-hmm. So I was getting, you know, $20,000 for a keynote, you know, $50,000 for a keynote. It was great, but I wasn't happy because then I, w- I found myself doing it for the money. So then I went to this one phase of my life where I'm going to get into spirituality. I'm going to go ahead and just start expanding on that side. And I wore the wa- white outfits and everything, and I played the part. I was happy, but now I was broke. <laughs> <laughs> so I realized... I had to find my balance. What worked for me? Mm-hmm. Not what worked for Michael, not what works for anyone else. What worked for me? Yeah. Once I figured that out, and you know, I have a great quality of life. People can follow me and they can see me on any social media, and you'll see. I, I don't put up things to show off. I put up things to show them what it is that I'm doing at that part of you know, that time in my life. And you know, like I said, it's finding your balance, what really works for you, not what social media says. It's in direct proportion with whatever successful. You know, a lot of people are following these influencers, and a lot of them, and I know them personally, a lot of these influencers are not living the quality of life that you think. And if they are, maybe it's not the quality of life that you want. Yep. What is it that you want? That's really what you got to find. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely love that. I, I used to sell Audis, um, and I had trouble selling them because I looked at these $70,000 cars, I'm like, I don't get it. Why are they – why – why would you pay this much? I could buy two Passats for the same as one A6 because um, it, it didn't have – that wasn't an idea of luxury for me. Like that that wasn't appealing to me. I was much more interested in, in, in you know, how reliable is it and gas – like I, I'd rather have a car that had 70, gall- 70 miles per gallon than 700 horsepower because um, that's what was interesting to me. And, and I think – I'm going to be honest people- with you. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't own a car. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't care about cars. I'm not into um, some of the things that guys really like. I enjoy having nice vehicles. I mean, we have nice vehicles in our home. You know, all my children, you know, they have expensive cars and, and, and we do, you know, but I'm not a car guy, you know. So, oh, do I have to go buy a Lamborghini even though I can afford one because social media wants me to have one? No. Yeah. You know, now I do buy trucks. I do buy RVs. I do buy buses. I like, you know, spending quality time. That's really what's in it for me. Now, if I put up my buses online, which I have, it's like, oh, it's cool. They'd rather see a Ferrari. That's fine. That's their problem. Yeah. You don't need to allow other people's opinion of you yes. become your reality. Mm-hmm. You need to live your life. And that's really what it's all about. And people are wasting too much time trying to be like someone else or trying to portray that they are someone else instead of living the life that they have and enjoying all the great things they have and all the possibilities. Mm-hmm. By the time you realize, you know what, I could have done these things, you're going to be whatever age, 70, 80, 90, 100 years old, and today's technology, maybe 120, mm-hmm. and you're going to go back and say, should have, would have, could have. Yep. You don't want to live with regrets. Right. You want to say, you know what, I tried it, I failed, I figured it out. But the whole process, the journey of living, people are missing out. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep. And it's, it's something I found successful or effective. I'd love to get your, your take on is kind of curating, curating my world. 
Um, so when I'm on Facebook, it doesn't take much to make me unfollow or possibly unfriend someone if they're bringing negativity in my world. Like if someone's, if I, if they're posting a lot of negative stuff, I unfollow. I don't need to see that. If they're coming on my wall and, and arguing with me or yeah, no, if they're, they're debating, if they have just honest, I'll talk to someone. I want to learn from them. But if they're, if they're trolling, if they're throwing negative energy, I don't need that. I unfriend yeah, yeah, you do need that. Now, let me, let me correct that. You do need that, right? When you have hecklers and you mm-hmm. have haters, those are your biggest fans because you're obviously doing something that they're not doing. And that's why they're coming at you. Your real fans will actually protect you from them. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> if you don't have any haters, then you're not pushing hard enough. If you don't have people hating on you, it's because you're not making enough noise. Mm, when you like make that. noise, you'll always have negativity around you. Not that you have to take it in. Yeah. But, you know, every time I get someone to hate on my videos or, or my seminars, I'm like, cool, man. I'm making enough noise for them to hear that I'm oh, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah legit haters, definitely. But, no, it, more and more matters the, the, um, the political far right, far left conspiracy theories, all this kind of stuff when they're. They're not. They're not there for conversation. They're there to, to rant about whatever it is. You know, that's. I mean, yeah. If somebody wants to come on there and talk about talk about what we're talking about, talking about opportunity, because I, I definitely, I have had. Although actually, no, that's, that's an interesting point. There's probably maybe some people I haven't followed along those lines because I'll I will share things like I I've shared um, ideas like you are the your life is the result of all the decisions you made to this point. And all the people push back on that and be like, well, it's not fair. Not everyone has the same choices. Not everyone had the same opportunities. Um, and, and generally, I'll engage with those people because that's a difference of opinion. That's not trolling. That's just I feel and have seen one thing and they're, they feel a different thing. Um, and so, yeah, well, something, something like that, definitely. That's- that, that what you just said, this is my opinion. Mm-hmm. I believe everyone has a choice. Yeah. The choice is, I don't care where you're at. I don't know, you know, whatever it is you're going through, you have a choice to live mm-hmm. a better quality of life. You have a choice to push yourself every morning or every evening, whenever it is your motivation comes yes. in. You have a choice. Now that some people don't have, uh, what was the second thing you said? It was, it was choice and- Well, yeah, um, they're saying that, well, so, so one know, of them is not you made better choices, but you had better choices. Like, Yeah, well, you, you have choices, number one. Number two, good, good and better versus the choice between bad and terrible. Well, yeah, but those are your choices. Yep. Do I want to work out or I don't want to work out? Do I want to miss today? I mean, anyone that does things consistently and mm-hmm. whatever it is they do, you can see the success level, right? So people are not consistent enough. And then when they talk about opportunities, opportunities are there. The yep. question is, are you, it's like that quote that says, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Yep. Yep. The more prepared you are, the luckier you're going to be. They're not preparing themselves to see the opportunities that are already there, mm-hmm. right? A lot of times they're like, well, how come it hasn't happened to me? Because you're not knocking on enough doors. Yeah. How come it hasn't to me? Because you haven't made enough phone calls. Mm-hmm. You haven't been mm-hmm. in enough stages. You got to keep pushing. Let me tell you, I've been on stages where it was only two or three people. And I've been on stages with over 10,000 people. Yeah. And the yep. stage that we were in, in Texas, I think it was maybe 20 people or 30 at most. And that's okay. You know, it's okay. Are you going to always deliver the same? Or, oh, because the room is smaller, I'm just not going to show them the great stuff. No, you have to always give information. You always have to mm-hmm. give the best mm-hmm. you can give of yourself. It doesn't matter the amount of people. And you never you know, know who those two people are. Exactly. You never, you have no idea. 
it, it's, it's called the six degrees of separation. Uh-huh. We're six uh-huh. people away from the person we want to meet. Yep. So yep. If, if we talk and you're like, well, I want to know Will Smith. Well, my cousin, my wife's cousin is the godmother of one of Will Smith's children. That's three degrees, uh-huh. right? So if you ask me other people, you know, we're six people away from the person we want to meet. Yeah. So how come yeah. I haven't met him? Because you haven't been knocking on those doors. Yep. No, that's because totally you, you, you want it. You want, I mean, again, dating myself, you know, people, you know how many people sat down and waited for, uh, not Johnny Carson. What was the other guy? Ed McMahon. Uh-huh. They waited for Ed McMahon to knock on their door. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 They're not, look, it's like people that say, I want to one day win the lotto, but I don't play the lotto. Well, how do you want to win? You got to play the game. Life uh-huh. is a game, man. And those that play the game are the true winners. Yes. The ones that yeah. see. Well, and that's that's what I, what I see a lot. And it's, you know, if you look at my website, um, I think I still have it pinned, is is my mission is to make minimum wage irrelevant. Um, because if, it, and, and actually I wrote this before the labor shortage, and it seems like a few people have, have kind of seen what I saw, which is, you know, if 10% of the market said, I'm not going to work for this. And went and started driving for Uber or DoorDash or, you know, took advantage of the economy, minimum wage wouldn't matter anymore. And because, you know, suddenly the market would shift, nobody would be willing to work and quote unquote, nobody wants to work. They want to work. They just don't want to work for that. But I see so many people who just sit there and they're like, well, I'm just a minimum wage worker. I can't do any better. The world's not fair or whatever. And of course, here's the thing, you know, I, who am I? The guy who knows a guy. They're talking to me. It, they can't say they don't know anyone. They're talking to me <laughs> saying, I don't have any opportunities. And and, and I, I don't even bother to have this conversation because I've given up. I used to. But I used to be like, who do you want to meet? Who would it take to give you the opportunity? I'll find, especially my friends. You know, if it's someone I meet randomly, like they become a client, they should pay me. But one of my friends, if if they need something. If by, the way, by the way, by the way, Michael, your friends need to pay you too. I'm just joking. Yeah. I'm just joking. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's one of, you know. So, but, but like, so, yeah, I, I, had, I had a friend who um, she was she was stuck in a job. This is a, a good story. She was stuck in her job search. You know, it wasn't where she was sending out resumes like you do, nothing coming back. And I, I finally gave her the idea. I said, why don't you just call them? You know, don't be like, hey, where's what's happening to the application? But call them be like, hey, can I get your advice? Because I'm not hearing back. I'd love to know from you what what do you consider? What are you looking for? What's your ideal candidate? Is there a job? You know, how can you help me? She made one call. She had a great experience. The person was very helpful. Looked at her resume. Said, "Oh yeah, I kind of like you. Yeah, I'll see what we can do." Um, didn't get that job, but realizing that engaged as a person, you know, realized, "Oh, I can make this happen. I'm not at the mercy of the job market. I can actually reach out. I can send an email like a person and say, "Hey, what do you think? Here's what I have." And it was not 30 days later. She's going to be starting a job that's perfect for her, pays what she wants, does what she wants. And in these 30 days is the one week Christmas break. So really it's three weeks later she found the job because I was able to, because she accepted my help. And, and I actually, cause I've gotten frustrated with my friends who were like, I don't know. And they're pushing back. Like you got to pay me for me to deal with you pushing back on me. I'll that's give it. you my advice for free. And if you're willing to take it and run it, cause it only takes, you know, how long does it take to give advice? If you're willing to accept it, I'll give you my advice, take it, make your life better. That makes me happy. If you're going to argue with me, that's going to cost you like 125 bucks an hour. You're going to become a client because I'm only willing to put that much energy into someone who's paying me. I'm not going to fight with you when I'm trying I to mean, I, I, I've been doing this for so long. And when I first started, like I said, I, I wanted to force people to listen. <laughs> 
look at the possibilities, man. Mm-hmm. Everything is possible. You know, you're looking at an immigrant that was able to make, you know, live the American dream. Mm-hmm. Why ain't you doing it, right? So one of the things that I look at is, you know, you can't help everyone. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. You can only help those people that want to help. Yes. Those people yes. that are really willing to do what it takes. And not everybody's there. Most people are like, you know, I, you know, it, it's just, I, yeah, I know I just got to wake up 30 minutes earlier, but I, I really can't do it. Well, you know what? Do you let me know when you're ready? I'll be here. Let's move on and go help the people that want the help. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. And don't, don't use up the energy on, um, I'm trying to convert someone, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to convert. And, and, and at the end, you, you can push someone hard enough that they'll start something, but the energy and, and, and how much energy you're putting out and how much effort. And then when it doesn't work out, they're going to come back and blame you anyways. Yeah. So yes. you, might well, you might as well put your energy to people that are willing to take action. Yep. And, and that's, that's what I meant with like the curation is that people are going to come out and be like, that's not possible. And that's not fair, blah, blah, blah. And you know, whatever their, their agenda is. And, and you know, I, I don't, part of it is also, I don't want that energy. I don't want someone else to see my post and see that comment and be like, Oh yeah, they're right. It's not possible. You know, somebody who might've been ready to start accepting it, who then I, I don't want to create a vehicle for the negativity to be brought to my, to my audience, to my friends, to my, my community. I mean, you can't stop it right now. The way social media is, there's a lot of people that they, they sit behind a keyboard. <laughs> they don't even put their real faces out there, and they, mm-hmm. they just they, their time is wasted on infecting the world, right? And that's yep. just but they don't see it that way. They 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 just have their voice, and this is the way they're going to put their voice out. Mm-hmm. So instead of just deleting them and moving, yeah, delete every now and then, but you don't have time for that. You know what? Just put it up more content. If people are complaining about that, put out more content that regards that. Sometimes mm-hmm. I, I get some of my haters that will say something really negative and they'll stick around and do it again and again and again. And then I'll do a video referencing what the haters saying, letting people know my view of it. And mm-hmm. that's it. Keep moving on. You know, get yeah. them really upset. Get them really angry. So at least they show their face, right? Yeah. But my, my, my friend Donnie Bovine um, did a whole thing about, about haters, especially on TikTok, because the way the algorithms work. It can't tell positive from negative comments. Comments are comments. The more comments you get, the more you show up in the um, oh, really? in the discovery because it's it's engagement. They say, "Oh, people must like this. Look at all the comments." So, and especially if you respond to them. So every hater who comments, he says, "Thank you for commenting. You're helping boost this video for me. I really appreciate it." And and it's it's the best way to you know smile while saying "f you" uh, because you're like, "Oh, thank you so much for this comment because it's really helping another hundred people see the video. I really appreciate it." They're like, and then if they argue with them, that creates a thread which does even more for the algorithms. And and it's it's great on some of these platforms that are that are kind of conflict driven. Facebook's one of those. You know, yeah, hater comments definitely do get get that activity and make it pop back up. Um, so and it, it can make an old dead old dead post pop back up too. You know, something from last yeah. week. Like I hate this post. Bing, hundred more people just saw it. Thanks, troll. Thanks for showing this to everybody. Like all your friends. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's that's a uh, yeah. It, it it and I think that's that kind of comes down to to making the best of things. You know, say oh I've got troll. I got haters. Oh this is so terrible. It's okay. This happened. What can we do with it? You know, COVID's a great example. COVID happened. Some like COVID built my business. I would not be where I am if it weren't for COVID. Not no, I'm not happy COVID happened. It's a tragedy and a lot of people died, and that is terrible. And and it's, you know, it 
damage a lot of families. But for me, I looked at it and said, okay, the game changed. What can I do with it? Whereas a lot of people said, oh, I'm there's still people this day waiting for it to be over. Like they hunkered down two years ago. And they're like, it'll be over any minute now. Any minute now. Going back to normal. Just waiting. It'll never be the same. Yeah. Yep. But, but yeah, it's, yeah, so I, I think that's one of the things you're kind of interpreting, uh, you know, making the best of whatever it is you have. Absolutely. Yeah. So this has been really awesome to have you on here. I'm so excited. I remember I met you. I'm like, wait, where to come on podcast? Amazing. I love this, I love this networking <laughs> you know, thing. I meet amazing people. We're not going to give them everything. So that way you're forced to bring me back again. <laughs> depending, depending. By, by the way, what you see is what you get. Like when you got to meet me and um, we're friends, man. You know, at the end of the day, you reach out to my team and we're able to do another podcast. I'm here for you. Yep. And as long as we have the time, we're willing to do it. And that's one of the things that people realize. They, they don't realize. They, they, they get the what I call the prima donna syndrome. Uh-huh. They get five followers. They get 2,000 followers. And they're like, oh, my time is limited. No, man. If you have the time and you can take an hour of your time to, to make a new friend, connect with someone, yep. be as real as you can be, man. Because you know what? It could be this one podcast that Michael's doing that can be the reason that we may go viral. Right. It's just the way it works. You never know. But people are like, well, unless you have 100,000 followers, I don't want to do your podcast. Man, I'll do it if you have 100,000 or if you have two followers. Yeah. Why? Because you want to get the message out there. Mm-hmm. You want to be able to be seen as often as you can. Go ahead and just right now, this is the best way of networking while we're on a virtual platform. This is it. Because it's not just Michael and I having a conversation and connecting with you. Maybe that one thing that we said, maybe that one message that helps you, you know, make that move that you needed to make in order to get to that next phase in your life, then we've done our job. So the thing is, you know, I I tell people, you can always give in, you can always give out, but don't ever give up. And too many people spend too much time on giving up and not making their dreams a reality. I love it. That is that is very powerful stuff. And yeah, definitely. I think next time I'll have you on in a uh, live video, so you can do all that video stuff you do. <laughs> you're talking beforehand. You're like, I could do this with video, and this with video, and this with video. I'm like, oh, audio podcast. But I'll definitely have you. You know, get you on Streamyard next time. Stream out to YouTube, and and we can we'll do, do, do the, it, the the 45 second dance party. Oh, yeah, we'll do the victory dance. We'll oh, get yeah. people to participate. Do the victory you know, dance. We'll yeah. do the picture in pictures. We're rocking. Oh, we, we can have like, you know, a virtual audience right now. You guys liking what we're doing? Yes or no? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's go ahead and celebrate Michael. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So we, we, we need to make that happen. So we're going to have you on stream. We're going to do a live, live video schedule. Get people in there. Get some comments so people can engage. So. This will be the warm up for that. So you're so the, the only audience. The only way Michael will do this is if you comment on this podcast, share it to as many people as possible. If there's one message that relates with you, one message that maybe made you think a little different, then make sure you share it with other people because maybe maybe it's, you got one part of it, but other people will get more. Mm. You know, don't keep it for yourself. Share it. The more you help other people succeed, the more success will come to your doorstep. Yeah, you know. So I'm going to leave him with this message real quick, and then we can call sign off. And, and yes. I'll definitely have contact with you whenever you want me back. I'll be back. Look, right now we're going through tough times. But and if you haven't gone through it, maybe you will, because that's just what life is about. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, situations and circumstances are the things that build your character to get you ready for what's about to happen. Don't give up. 
Don't give up on your dream. Don't give up on whatever it is you want to do. Everything is possible. That's what my mom used to tell me. And I believe what my mom used to say. So if this immigrant that came to the United States when I was 11 months old is living the American dream, why aren't you? My name, and let me, let me leave you real quick with the quote. The quote I live by is live life, don't let life live you. Love it. My name Love is Bert Oliva, Cuban born, American made. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I love the cheers. That's amazing. Love and, you, brother. And so, so people can find you at meetbert.com. Is that right? That's it. Meetbert.com or yeah. follow me yeah. on your preferred social media. Name is Bert Oliva, O L I V A, no I in it. So there's not Olivia, but you can just follow me. I've been doing this for over 27 years. Whatever social media you want, even TikTok, even though it's, it's not my uh, cup of tea, we're on TikTok too, you know? <laughs> I've been having fun with TikTok. It's an interesting, interesting platform. Um, that's awesome. But, but it's been great to have you on here. Thank you so much. Again, that's meetbert.com to find him through all the social medias and all the other great stuff you have. And uh, thank you so much, Bert, for being on here. This has been awesome. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for the opportunity. It was awesome to be here with you. This has been the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast with your host, Michael Whitehouse. This great theme song is by Patrick Howard. If you found this valuable, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast. Find the full archive of all episodes at guywhoknowsaguy.com slash podcast. Check out my other podcast, Morning Motivation. It's a daily podcast of two to five minutes with a powerful hit of motivation and inspiration to get your day started. Morningmotivation.fun or search for Morning Motivation wherever you listen to podcasts. Join the community online in the Morning Motivation Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Morning Motivation Podcast. JV Connect is coming up quick, December 12th and 13th. If you are looking for a networking event where you can meet people who aren't looking to just pitch you or take, but actually want to collaborate, build strategic partnerships, joint ventures, maybe even find some mentors, some coaches, people to support you, accountability partners, who knows? If you're looking for good people, in an environment that's not stressful, but is set up to give you a lot of great connections in an efficient amount of time, check out JV Connect, jv-connect.com. That's jv-connect.com, December 12th and 13th, 2023. We'll see you there.